Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sharing the Journey. I'm here today with Elizabeth, and this is going to be a different type of podcast than I've ever done before because Elizabeth is what Johnny and Friends, where I have gone to retreat for the past 10 years or nine years or whatever, calls a typical sibling, a sibling of a person with special needs. So we'll just see where this podcast goes and it should be good. Um, She did a presentation during the training at, at retreat this year and it was wonderful. So I wanted to have her on. So um, Elizabeth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself currently, and then we'll, we'll back up and talk about your childhood and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, So yeah, my name's Elizabeth. Um, Right now I'm a freshman in college. Um, majoring in psychology. I want to be a clinical psychologist one day, uh, but we'll see where that takes us. Um, Right now I live in Oregon. Um, I live at home with my mom and three of my brothers. Um, But let's see, after Christmas this year, uh, then I'll be moving away and uh, moving away to college and living on campus. So just kind of appreciating my time at home right now um, before kind of I guess the first one of the first really big adult steps happens in my life. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on with me right now. And what are some of your hobbies and interests and besides psychology? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. I play violin. I've done that for about eight years. Um, uh, In high school, I was in a youth symphony and a group of just violinists, so no other instruments. Um, Those were both really great experiences. Um, And then let's see, I really enjoy reading as well, although I don't get to do that quite as much as I'd like. And I love being outdoors, um, especially in the mountains. Yeah, that's just, yeah, a few of my hobbies. Cool. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Were you raised in a Christian home? Were you what 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 shaped you in your childhood? Mm, good question. What shaped me? Um, so I grew up in a bigger family. I have seven siblings, um, and then two of them have uh, special needs, and um, it falls more in the mental health. Um, uh, they struggle with mental illness. So it falls more in that realm of disability. Um, you know, I guess if you want to call it that realm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in a bigger family around people who struggle with mental illness. Um, I lived on a farm for most of my life and then moved into the city. Um, and, and I'd say that's like, that was honestly, it might seem strange, but that's honestly something that really shaped me. I mean, I just love being outdoors and living on a farm, um, for most of my childhood, definitely. I mean, that's the reason why I love being outdoors. Um, yeah, so a lot of good things in my childhood. I mean, harder things too. Uh, everybody has their harder experiences. Of course, just living with people who struggle with mental illness is in itself a challenge. Um, but yeah, that's um, a bit, bit about my, my childhood. Okay. Um, you've already talked a little bit about your teen years, but um, what stood out there? Um, I'd say 
mm, kind of, I'd say three things. If I were to point out what really stood out in my teen years, um, one of them would be that my walk with the Lord was really strengthened and, and also challenged. And that's um, consequently why it was strengthened. I really had to examine it. Um, and there were two factors that kind of brought about challenge to my faith. Um, my parents divorced and also about like my early teens is when my siblings' mental health issues really became prominent. So those two, um, those two things really challenged my faith and my faith specifically. Um, are your brothers older or younger? They are younger. I have older brothers as well. But. Right. But the, I guess, yeah, I should have said that the ones with the mental health. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They're younger than me. Um, so, yeah. See, those are kind of, if I had to classify it, those are kind of the three things that really stand out in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. So how, how I'm, I'm kind of, I was trying to decide exactly how to ask the questions. Um, and if I ask them all weird, just, you know, because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So um, go, go for it. <laughs> how did the mental health, wh- what does that look like for them? Um, so one of my brothers, um, the younger of the two, struggles with it a lot more than the other. And by, I guess by struggles with it, I mean, he himself deals with a lot of emotional issues and he more so than my other brother affects the rest of the family. If that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I I understand that's kind of general, Um, but yeah, mental illness is an interesting thing to describe to um, um, people who haven't had the experience of growing up with it. Um, And I, and I mean that generally not, to you, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of challenging things. Um, but like I said, it's also grown me in my faith a lot. I guess if you're asking for more like a day to day, um, a day to day perspective of what it's like, um, well, it can kind of, it can be a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but sometimes there are periods for weeks or months where, um, kind of just everything revolves around the individual who's struggling um, with mental health issues. And it's really difficult for anybody involved to support that person, but then also themselves not be, have their um, mental health affected by it. Um, I understand that was pretty broad. So I'm just kind of trying to explain it um, but also kind of keep my brother's privacy. Yeah, that. sure, sure. Yeah. 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 So how does it, how did it challenge and strengthen your faith? What, what did that, and does that look like? Yeah. So um, I think anybody who's been through a trial or is in a trial of suffering would um, probably agree that, um, there's, for me at least, maybe I should just speak from my own perspective. Um, there was very much a few years ago, um, I started feeling like 
oh goodness, why us? Like, I know that God is all powerful and that he is sovereign. Why is, why did, why is he letting this? And why did he choose to let this um, affect me and my family? Um, so I guess it's kind of some anger and bitterness as well as just feeling a bit lost as to the purpose um, for this trial. Um, and it's still something, I mean, I feel like that doubt can kind of creep in anytime um, there's a, you know, maybe a newer issue or um, the struggle increases. But more recently, I've been realizing just that suffering does have a purpose, even if I don't necessarily see the exact purpose or right away. Um, and something that's been comforting to me recently is just thinking about how Christ suffered so much on his time here on earth. Um, and it, it was very purposeful. I mean, the purpose he, um, suffered physically and emotionally, um, and died for our sins. And that is such a, I mean, the emotional and physical pain he went through, it, it was the purpose, you know, it had so much purpose in it. Um, and that's kind of, that's been a comfort to me to know that, well, maybe I don't know the exact purpose and I can see some of the good things that have come through this. Um, and I don't now know all of the good things and maybe I won't on my time on earth, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's definitely been a comfort to me. Trusting God, my, my trust in God has been very challenged through this Mm -hmm. and, and consequently strengthened. Um, but yeah, um, I'd say more recently has been kind of like a, a downhill slope in my brother's mental health. Um, and that has kind of brought those doubts to surface again. Mm-hmm. So it's another opportunity to again examine: um, Do I really believe God is all powerful? Do I believe He's sovereign? And it is. And every time I ask that and I examine that, um, I come away more sure that it is. But I'd say um, my consistency and my faithfulness and my trust in God has definitely been challenged. And um, strengthened hopefully and will continue to be i'm sure <laughs> how has the church uh responded your church and then you know just in general how how have christians responded to your family does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah it does um mm, i mean i can say pretty much mm, most churches, almost all people respond lovingly and wanting to be helpful, but there is still the, um, just the reality that a lot of people don't understand what mental illness looks like. And when they see a glimpse of it and the, the, the raw and the dirty of it, um, it can be kind of shocking sometimes. Um, so generally the church and Christians have been loving and wanting to help and support and serve. Um, but it's almost, a, sometimes it's a bit isolating to have people um, offer their, their love and their service. And then for them to kind of get that shock because it kind of reassures. Uh, well, it reminds me that um, in some respects I'm alone. And I don't mean that like other people don't struggle with mental illness and know what it's like, they do. Um, but sometimes having people reach out and then kind of realize, oh, that's the reality. It's a little bit, it can feel isolating. And I, I don't say that like people should not reach out. They, they absolutely should. Um, but that's just something I've, I've kind of noticed, you know, sometimes, um, yeah, 
the, I guess, I don't want to say abnormality, but people who aren't exposed to it really just, I guess, have no idea. And then they are, and then it, it can be a little bit shocking. And then um, you realize that you're a bit isolated. Um, but yeah, generally, and our church that we go to now has always been very loving and um, reached out to us. So that's encouraging for sure. Yeah. And it's also encouraging because um, there have been many individuals who have kind of seen, gotten a glimpse of what mental illness is like for the individual and for their family and have still been there to love and support us, even though they don't have that personal experience. So that's comforting to know, okay, these people don't have this experience, but they're still here and ready and willing to serve and love. Is there anything else you would like to see from the church? Um, not necessarily yours, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in general. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of things like maybe more training, more awareness. or Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, awareness is always a good thing. Um, trying to think. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I don't know, this is just what's coming to mind. Maybe it's (laughs) not quite what you would expect to hear, but it's something that I have to remind myself of often. And it's that every person is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable. I have to remind myself of that a lot. And I think it's just important for people to keep that, the church to keep that um, in mind when they're interacting with um, someone who has a mental illness or people who are closely affected by it, like, like their families. Um, because it's, I don't know, it's, it's easy to um, be surprised by the things that um, these individuals go through and their families go through. And it's important to remember that no matter somebody's behaviors or just the way their brain works, um, it's important to remember that they are still made in the image of God and that we're all are, we are all equal in that respect. Um, I find that when I remind myself of that, it's much easier for me to approach someone lovingly and in humility. So um, yeah, I would just encourage the church to keep that Um, kind of keep that in the forefront of their mind when they are interacting yeah with uh, individuals with mental illness or with their their families or their caretakers or whoever are um, you know in close interaction with them so you already kind of answered this but how does God's presence in your life on a daily basis how does that help Mm -hmm. yeah So, um, I mean, I think I'm very often reminded that (laughs) I am very broken and I don't always respond to people well, and I don't always, well, very often I don't do what is right. And knowing that God is ultimately in control is very comforting. Um, as well as I guess very recently, um, my prayer life has been, I'd say strengthened and also challenged. I I keep kind of using that comparison, but um, yeah, I feel like prayer 
I easily forget that in my everyday life. Um, because when you're living with someone who has mental illness, there are just everyday challenges. Um, every day has the possibility to be a really, really bad day. Um, and that, that might sound kind of dark, but um, unfortunately it's a reality. And some days there are really, really good days, but um, every day living with somebody who struggles with mental illness, um, yeah, it can be really, really difficult. And there's not really a lot of prediction for it sometimes. So prayer has been a great comfort to me recently. Um, um, relying on prayer and, and trust. I, I was saying that earlier, but yeah, my trust in God is definitely brought into question and, and challenged um, and with my relationship with my brother. So yeah, trust and prayer are daily, I guess, um, daily influences in my walk with the Lord. Um, so yeah. Do you have particular like Bible verses or books or pastors that, that help you to reaffirm um, your trust and your. Um, recently, and I might be signed like a broken record at this point, but, um, I've been reading quite a few Psalms and just, again, relying or, or being reminded of, um, the fact that God is all powerful and that he is present always. And I mean, he's always comforting. He's always ready to comfort as well. As for, um, pastors, I mean, uh, all the pastors at my church are great, um, I wouldn't say I've spoken deeply about this issue with them, but um, again, just being reminded of God's powerfulness and of his sovereignty. Um, I mean, it of course relates back to what I was saying earlier. Um, and it does remind me that mm, suffering is not without purpose. Um, so Generally, yes, um, there have been Bible verses and um, conversations I've had with pastors, relationships I've had where it's been comforting or encouraging. Mm -hmm. But again, it kind of uh, the very specific situation, um, I would say, has not really been understood by too many others, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's hard unless you struggle with mental health to really understand. I mean, true. Yeah. And it's true of other things as well. I mean, I'm sure. aware that there are many things others have struggled with or experienced that I wouldn't really understand well. Yeah. So I have to be careful to not let myself. Yeah. Yeah. Despair and woe is me, you know, because and even though I feel like I've experienced I felt isolated in this. I know I am not the only person who has gone through this, not even close. Um, and I have, I have met others who have, and that's very encouraging. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's true of any situation. There are many experiences and trials that I've, I've never had, and I can't personally relate to others. So I have to remind myself, you know, it's nobody's fault that they don't relate. Yeah. 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 So the last question I have, 
um, is how is the Lord working in and through you lately? Yeah. Or in your past, you can talk about your past if you, if you. Okay. Yeah. I'm just collecting my thoughts here. Um, yeah. So one thing that definitely stands out, um, and I, I probably said it already a bit, so sorry if it's um, a little bit repetitive, but um, suffering does have a purpose, um, even if we don't necessarily like it. Um, trust in God is, um, for me, I, I doubt that too easily, unfortunately. And that's definitely, that's something that's been continual through my whole life. That's been challenged. Um, well, challenged, and I guess I've just thought about that a lot. Not necessarily that it's constantly been challenged, but it's something that I've considered a lot throughout my life. Um, what trust in God looks like. Um, and, and it has been challenged multiple times, as I said earlier. But I feel like that's something that's present now. And it was... Um, prominent in the past too. And I, and I'm assuming it, it might always be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that as well as I mentioned earlier, my prayer life has been more recently brought, it's been brought to my attention that, um, I don't rely on prayer and I don't, my prayer life is not as strong as I wish it was. Um, I think it's very powerful. And I think I've been neglecting that, that aspect of my relationship with God. Um, so recently that has been something that has been brought to my attention and, um, definitely something that I want to, um, work on strengthening as I move forward, mm-hmm. um, and just putting all my trust in God. And I guess uh, maybe kind of hand in hand with that, I guess you could say is fully worshiping God to, um, keep him at the forefront of my life and not have any add-ons to my worship you know I don't want to mostly worship God and then worship something else a little bit you know I want my worship to be fully directed to him Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be hard to do um, when sometimes going through a challenge or just experiencing a situation that's difficult that can be hard to do but I mean it's it's so I mean it, it is I guess the process of sanctification is uh, reassuring or or strengthening that trust in God. And part of it, at least part of the process of sanctification, but um, yeah, once again, me going off a little bit (laughs) onto a rabbit. Well, I, I've just, I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, you asked what does trust in God look like? And I think about my own, and I may take this out. I don't know, but I, I think about my own, Oh, shut up. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> my computer's speaking in the background. Um, I think about my own mental health struggles with, you know, mm-hmm. depression and anxiety. And um, I think, well, what does it look like? Because it doesn't look like never having, for me anyway, unless I've got this wrong, it doesn't look like never having anxiety or never absolutely you know never feeling fear or never feeling depression but then what does it look like I mean does it look like I guess for me it looks like continuing to fight forward Mm -hmm. instead of 
Um, and not that I can't, you know, I mean, I went completely down a couple weeks ago and I was, you know, my thinking was screwed up and I was just mm-hmm. not doing well. And, but it means bouncing back from that and continuing to, tr- or at least trying to bounce back from that. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> oh, no, you're good. no, I agree. And I guess something that I've been considering recently, I am no, <laughs> I am no theologian or philosopher. So, you know, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, but yeah, like you were saying, when we are challenged and are, we are afraid or we are doubting, well, then what's our reaction to that? How do we respond to that? Do we, you know, continue, do we let ourselves go down that path or do we put our trust back in God? And I, and then of course, when you're, and that's my perspective, but then of course, for the person who struggles with mental illness himself, that is harder, I would say almost that's, that has perhaps more challenge in and of itself. Um, So yeah, another thing that I've experienced and noticed as a typical sibling of somebody who struggles with mental health issues is my goodness. I think I have a lot to deal with as a result. Well, what are they dealing with? I mean, that's possibly, I would say quite, quite likely more of a challenge for the person with mental health issues than the people around them. So I I feel a little silly, even, you know, Um, talking about how I struggle when I have grown up seeing the struggles that my brother goes through and um, those are immense and yeah the spiritual and emotional and mental struggles of having a mental illness are immense and I mean I'm, I'm thankful kind of talking like just a little bit about being a typical sibling I'm thankful that I am mentally healthy but then sometimes can even feel guilty that I am, you know, it's Mm. kind of like, well, why me? I I posed the why us question earlier about family. Why are we as a family dealing with this? And then I'll kind of have the same, well, why am I the one that isn't struggling with mental health issue? Like it it almost doesn't seem fair sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is again, kind of, I think, doubting God's sovereignty um, and kind of calling into question well, what were you doing, God? You know, <laughs> are you mm-hmm. sure you got this right? Um, but how normal and, is it to do that? I mean, gosh, uh, it's so typical. Yeah. yeah, so typical. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to just have yeah. that thought yeah. itself. That's, I mean, we're we're meant to explore and to think and ask hard questions, but yeah, I I have to be careful to not ask that question and then decide from that question oh well god god didn't know what he was doing mm-hmm. or, or god didn't god didn't make the right decision this is what i think he should have done you know so i don't think there's anything wrong with asking that question but then it's kind of i with at least personally have to be careful about how i respond to it because mm-hmm. it's very easy to subconsciously kind of let a creeping suspicion of what i think um god did wrong <laughs> kind of comes in you know um so yeah kind of my thoughts on that but um is there anything else you want to share about being a typical sibling or about (laughs) life in general that you want people to know before we wrap this up 
me think. Um, I guess just as I was saying earlier, um, remembering the value each person has being created in the image of God is, I mean, not only value is not only important to remember when interacting with mental illness, but just in general, of course, um, which I think probably every Christian would agree with and many people who aren't Christians as well. Um, and then you were kind of mentioning earlier, like training or, or awareness kind of spreading that. And I think that's good. Um, and I think it's very important though, for people to acknowledge and to realize that, uh, firsthand experience is always way more, um, informative than researching, I suppose you could say generally, not that making an attempt to learn and understand kind of from a, a third person perspective isn't good. It is, but I, there's so much depth to every person and to every, every mind. And those who struggle with mental illness also have a lot of depth and layers. And I think that's important to remember. Um, sometimes our family will experience people who kind of approach the issue thinking that they're pretty, I guess you'd say educated about it. Um, and they sometimes aren't. And I think it's just important to approach people um, lovingly and ready to learn um, because a lot of people, everybody has a lot to teach. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to not carry um, any suppositions about um, those who struggle with mental illness. Yeah, I. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to go ahead and end this. All right. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Return my phone call. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a great rest of your night. You too. All right. Bye.